Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast that celebrates films we reckon might be underrated or underseen. I'm your host for this week, Alice Oliver, and with me, as always, is Josh Hallam. And it was his turn to pick the film this week, so he went with Wild Wild West from 1999. So let's see what we thought about this one. All right, Josh, I can see you laughing away oh. over there. We'll get to that. We'll get to that shortly. But first, tell our lovely listeners at home all about our Patreon. Yes, indeed. This is the, obviously the first um, episode on a single film that we've done this year. So if you are interested, if you're in the January spirit, looking to get a little bit of extra content because you're trying to lose a bit of weight, trying to keep a New Year's resolution, or you just like us and want to hear more from us, head on over to patreon.com forward slash just films. And that's where there's a few tiers over there and you can get different things for your money. Starting at a pound a month you can get ad free extended episodes a day early and then you know as it goes up you can do more suggest films get money off merch if we ever manage to get around to getting getting some and all that <laughs> the, the, the one um, day those mugs will come in i can't wait <laughs> uh, but mainly it's you know it's extended episodes a little bit of extended episodes usually use about five minutes longer five ten minutes longer ad free and a day early starting at one pound a month patreon.com forward slash just films and that the links in the episode description and any support you can give us will be massively appreciated alice wild wild west Yes, so Wild Wild West. So as I said, this was Josh's choice. The film is from 1999. So spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning, warning listeners. If you haven't seen Wild Wild West. Uh, so Josh, do tell us what is the film about and why or why did you pick it? <laughs> What's the film about? Well, it's an adaptation of a TV series. Uh, we've got Will Smith who plays a sort of... <laughs> Do you know what? He's some sort of sheriff or police officer, and then Kevin Klein is some sort of government agent, and they, you know they're both policey people, and they're going after Kenneth Branagh, Branagh's guy who's building a massive spider to try and take over America. It's a me- it's a mad mm. plot, but mm-hmm. that's what it's about. Why did I pick it? Well, Alice, <laughs> I'm going into twenty twenty four with a big swing. Ah, it's, a got- big swing. <laughs> it's, it's a, a big, big swing. It's a big swing. So this film is we tend to do films that are a bit more upbeat. Or, you know, switch your brain off in January. We try not to do anything, basically nothing too heavy, because January is heavy enough for, for most, for, well, for everyone, really. Um, but this film is generally considered to be one of the biggest bombs of all time, both critically and uh, and commercially. Many people have put this in the conversation for for, for worst film ever made. Wowza-rooney. Indeed, indeed. Now, I'm not going into this saying it's, Perfect. I'm not even necessarily going into this saying it's good. Okay. 
What I'm saying is it isn't as bad as a lot of people say. Mm -hmm. So I am gonna, I'm going to, I'm really interested to see what you think of this one before you went into it though. Yes or no. Were you aware of its reputation? No, you weren't aware of its reputation. I was not right. aware of that. And you no. not, had you even heard of it? I'd heard of it. So, yeah. uh, this is one that was it, the, the trailer for this was on like pretty much every VHS I had <laughs> for about three years or so. Well, so I'd seen the so so I'd seen the trailer many many times, yes. but I'd never actually seen the never film. Never actually seen it. Okay, mm. so I am intrigued to know because for me, I I can't make up my mind. I think you'll either think this is a bit of daft campy fun, mm -hmm. or. You'll be deeply offended and question whether or not you even want to continue with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I really don't know. I, I'd like to think there's part of you that thinks it's just daft. Okay. But equally, I know that it is a deeply flawed film. So just mm -hmm. to reiterate before we go into it, before I ask you what you think of it, I'm not saying this is even good, right? Mm -hmm. I'm saying it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. So it's under it's underrated, underseen. I'm not really interested in the box office side of things. I'm talking about its reputation as being one of the worst films ever made. So go mm -hmm. on then. First proper film of 2024. What, what did you think? <laughs> I genuinely thought it was okay. Yeah? I thought it was okay. Was I... Like, uh, so, uh, so I didn't know it had this reputation. Yeah. It wasn't what I expected no. at all. It was very, very different to what I expected in a variety of different ways. But I was watching it and I was like, this is a bit of fun, this. Yes, that's Will, Will Smith is pretty good. So like yeah. he's doing his thing. There's good music and stuff. Aesthetically, I thought it was mm -hmm. really impressive. I really don't think it's that bad at all. <laughs> and like for it to be for you for you to say that it's sometimes regarded as one of the biggest flops, etc., to put it in the same category as something like Speed Two. I was gonna say feels, Speed Two is a good comparison. Yeah, feels a bit feels a bit intense. But then I I think everyone's wrong about Speed Two as well. So what do I know? But, but yeah, I thought it was all right to be fair. It was all right. I really all did. Right. All yeah. Right. So I'm glad. I'm glad. So we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna spend half an hour arguing about Wild Bar West or with me no. just absolutely <laughs> flogging the dead horse trying to get you to say it's all right. So go on then, because I'm quite interested. I wonder if you showed it to someone now who re who like you didn't know, mm. would they just think oh, it's just daft? It's just a daft yeah. blockbuster, or yeah. you know, it's it's interesting because mud sticks, doesn't it? And, you know, right, we've done yeah. quite a few films on this of this is so poorly thought of. You know, we've done Green Lantern, we've done Speed 2, the number 23, you know, yeah. in terms of lower budget stuff. Grease 2, you all, know, a lot, right of famous, films, right? a lot of famous flops. And all of them, we've come away and gone, it's flawed, but it's not as bad as everyone says, except for Grease 2, which... which... Grease 2 is not flawed. Grease 2 is flawed. <laughs> it is flawed. You're, you're it alone is. in that camp, but, Josh. You're alone But I still think that... <laughs> So I, I my my recollection of Greece too is that it was I still don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is I just don't no. think it's that good. So yeah. No, um, so fine. go on then. What what did you like about it, or do you want me to go first? I think you should go first, okay. Josh. This is because I'm I was I was so excited when you said that you were going to pick this because yeah. I was like again this is one that obviously I haven't thought about since I see them trailers on them VHSs all those years ago. Right? Yeah. So it popped back into my head and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that thing that I have no idea about. So go on. What what are some of the things? And I'd love to know 
what really stood out for you in a different sense this time? Because I'm going to assume that you haven't actually watched this not for in a while. ages, right? No, okay, not, not yeah. for a while. Um, yeah, so what did I like about it? So, I mean, for me, I think that this film is big, dumb, camp, fun. Mm-hmm. The script is hammy. The script is over the top. It is flawed in places, particularly script. But I have things that I like about it. So let's talk about the cast, okay? So I think that Will Smith's really good in this. This is sort of when he's 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 on this. He was on the up and up at this point. So it's nineteen ninety nine. So he's done Independence Day. He's done Bad Boys. He's done Men in Black One. And I think this was a bit of a bump in the road, and people thought, oh my god, like oh maybe he's not. He's not the next Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Mr. Mm. Flawless, you know, just just hit after hit. And he's, you know, yes, Will Smith. I'm not we're not going to touch on this on the shit everyone's touched on. He is a controversial figure in some senses, but no more so than a Tom Cruise or or mm-hmm. or, or, or a whatever. Or all the other or all people the other in famous Hollywood, male you naughty, actors. naughty scoundrels. Yeah, um, just Google any actor. <laughs> 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 uh, particularly my favourites, older ones. Fucking yeah. hell. Oh Goodness my God. Me, yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. Um, but, uh, anyway, I think Will Smith's great in it. I think he carries it really well as the sort of hero. Kevin Klein and him work really well together. Mm-hmm. Now you got to bear in mind mm-hmm. as well, everyone in this film hates it. Like Will Smith doesn't like it. Oh. Kevin Klein doesn't like it. Kenneth Branagh doesn't like it. Salma I hate Hayek, that. Yeah, so she doesn't like it. Yeah. I don't think the director, who's Barry Sonnenfeld, who did the Men in Black films, likes it either oh. um so so i think will smith's really good i think he works as that he's sort of the charming hero type he's doing his will smith thing kevin klein's really great they is will smith's probably the main hero but they do share most of it together and i think mm-hmm. they go you know kevin klein's the gadget guy the smart guy and the and will smith's the shoot first ask questions later handsome you know more of a cowboy mm-hmm. type character i think kenneth branner and again sir kenneth is is He's on record as saying that he thinks that his accent in this film is the worst American accent done well, by a British actor. Well, I yeah. think he <laughs> looks to me like he's having a ball. And I was yeah. watching this with my other half going, it is mental that he did this film at this point in his career. you got to bear in mind, at this point, he's coming off the back of being one of the most respected Shakespearean actors. But that is interesting. And he it? went, do you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> Fucking weird film where I talk like fog on leg on. That's what I'm yeah. going to do next. That's fun. Um, That's a fun bit of trivia. Yeah. So so I, so he did that. I like the look of it. It's grimy, yeah. it's dirty, it's steampunky. Mm-hmm. Steampunk famously, sort of Lovecrafty and steampunk, whatever you want to call it, famously doesn't translate that well to film. And a, a lot of flops, like Van Helsing had that in it. And that was mm. a big part of Van Helsing. There are other examples of uh, there are other examples as well. So I think there's some good action in it. I think there's some pretty good set pieces in terms of the way the action works. I just think it's it's funny in places. It's a big mm-hmm. daft action, you know, big daft blockbuster. Do you know what? As well, it's not boring. Uh, no, I definitely just, wasn't bored. Definitely it just wasn't cracks bored. on. It might be shite in places, <laughs> but one thing you can say is you are not bored. Mm-hmm. in this film so i mean that's what i think that's that's generally what i think it is flawed which we'll come back to what about as someone who hadn't seen it so obviously that mm. in terms of what i took from it there was more that i didn't like in terms of what i saw this time ah, particularly okay. around the script but in terms of what i what i did like it stayed the same it's a big yeah. daft blockbuster what about mm-hmm. you then because you you hadn't seen it before so i'm really interested to know 
I'm quite made up that you thought it was all right. I know okay, this not, might not be one that at the end of the year we're going, oh my God, this is perfect. It's just such a perfect film. No, but, but one of the categories, as we've done this year, is yeah, Biggest Surprise. It is. It and is. this what, could it is. be the biggest surprise of the um, year. Imagine if it's the first one. Um, <laughs> but anyway, what did you think? What did you like? What did you like about it? So a lot of the stuff that you've already said, uh, but if we start at the beginning, so I really love the opening title sequence. I think it's been designed really well and really helps convey what the atmosphere and the feel of the film is going to be. There's some great editing and some good music and colour, and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was really entertaining. The whole thing was actually a lot funnier than I had anticipated mm. in terms of some of the jokes and the gags that you've got in there, but also some really fun sequences of slapstick and proper cartoony violence. And then just bouncing off of that, because a lot of the film revolves around like inventors or engineers and innovations and that sort of thing, you get lots of really wacky inventions and contraptions in there. And I enjoyed the creativity that went into putting these together. I think Will Smith is brilliant in this. I thought he was he was so watchable. He was so mm. captivating. He's very cool. He's very smooth, but also really good at fighting. And I think it's <laughs> worth noting as well that he does spend roughly the first 15 minutes or so of this film with his shirt off. And I do always find it interesting when we sort of get images like that or presented with characters designed to be more attractive to the female gaze as opposed to the male gaze, because... The, there was just such a long period of time with that was just wasn't a thing. And he yeah. generally has pretty great charisma with pretty much everyone on screen. And I thoroughly enjoyed his relationship with Artemis Gordon. So that's Kevin Klein's character and all the shenanigans they get up to together. They've got quite a nice balance of personality where they each bring something different to the table, but they just work really well together. I They, they were like, it, it sort of became a bit of a buddy like a yeah. buddy movie at yeah. times, didn't it, with the two of them? And they just had really good on-screen chemistry, I thought. Some of the aesthetic I absolutely loved. So I've already mm. touched on, obviously, some of the wacky inventions that we get to see, and I do think these look great. But also just the trains, man. All those trains, those big old powerful steam trains chugging, chugging along through the desert in the wild west of America. It looks very dramatic and very striking. It creates a lot of atmosphere. And then it's not just the trains, obviously, because like you say, it is steampunk. We get to see a lot of various steam-powered vehicles and machines. And I thought they all looked great. And because they're emitting steam, that this is quite successful in adding to the atmosphere and like mm. the sort of dramatic and sometimes threatening kind of vibe that they're going for. And then just finally, and this isn't necessarily a like or a dislike, but just something that I wasn't expecting, is that it, it's very adult. Like there's a lot of quite sexual imagery and language. Some of the scenes are quite violent and some of the language used as well feels more appropriate for an older audience. Whereas in my mind, this was going to, this was more of a family film. Like the vibe mm. that I had from it was that it was a family film or a more child-friendly film. And that it, it's not that it isn't that necessarily. Like if I watched this when I was eight or nine, I bet I would have loved it. But as we've discussed before, I was watching films designed for, you know, older audiences when I was very young. But I reckon a lot of it would have just gone over my head. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. think it's... So I suppose in that regard, and I, this could be a criticism of it, is that perhaps it's unclear on the intended audience because I think on the surface it feels quite... It feels quite family friendly. I remember, but obviously can't trust my memory. We're talking 20, like 20 years ago, longer, mm. like maybe like 25 years ago now. Yeah. Bang I on. thought it was a family film. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. it? No, yeah. Well, it, it was. Is, yeah. it, 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 I think it, you know, one of my, one of my ref, you know, sort of defining memories, because I didn't see this in the pictures. I didn't see it until I don't, I, I was an adult when I saw mm. this film or certainly a teenager. 
um, is that, you know, there was a massive Burger King tie-in. Oh, right. Okay. So, and that's usually shows you that it's directed at, you know, directed at kids or at least families, yeah. isn't it? So I think you're probably right. I think this may be an example of a 12A before 12A was created. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think it, I think it's a PG, but you are right. There is there is bits in it, particularly around, you know, a lot of sexual imagery and the way yes. some characters are treated and dressed that's mm-hmm. like... But I okay. think, you know, if I'm thinking about this as, a, as an eight-year-old kid, I'm probably just laughing at that. Same. I, I think so. I think so. I think it's 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 not it's not overt enough no. or, or mature enough that it's like, holy shit, this is so inappropriate for kids. We must turn mm. this off right now. But looking at it now, obviously with, with our yeah. adult eyes, it's a bit like, would I show this to a toddler? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Oh, turn blowy off. Come on, let me put this on. Right. What it is, is it's back in Wild Wild West days. <laughs> Let me tell you about Will Smith. Okay, he yeah. was a big deal yeah. in the 90s. Okay? Don't, don't, yeah. cry at the, don't cry at the scary men. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was it for me. But you know what? A lot of a lot of quite significant points in there, a lot of things I did really like about it. And in a lot of these things, the way that they were designed and constructed, I did think they were very successful and really enhanced the film. Um, but that's it from me. Was that everything from you as well? That's, so that's everything me. That's everything from me, should I say. Before we move on to the dislikes, I will just say, <laughs> what did you think of the giant spider? Um, I mean, I, I, like I thought it was pretty cool, you know? Yeah. Like I, I'm kind of so into that sort of thing. If you know? anyone is interested... Um, the filmmaker Kevin Smith, who made Jersey Girl, which we covered, and Clerks, yeah. and Raising Amy, uh, Chasing Amy, not Raising Amy, and stuff like that, and Dogma. He tells a really funny story about um, his work on the cancelled Tim Burton Superman film. That okay. is it. That is linked to this film. Oh. So if you are, I put, I put, I put the clip out when this episode comes out. But if you are interested, if you just put, if you just YouTube Kevin Smith Superman story, it's him at like a Q and A. Um, and you'll know it's the right one because he's now lost a considerable amount of weight. So it's before that. So that's that's what you'll uh, that's what you're able to see. But it's well worth a watch. It's probably about 10, 15 minutes, but it's a story about how how this film is directly linked to a to a cancelled Superman film, which spoilers is then referred to very cheekily in the flash. Um how interesting. Because I I, I love Kevin Smith and he's a wonderful storyteller. He like is. I, I've heard interviews with him before and he's a great storyteller. Oh, that I'll even I'll have to check that out along with our listeners. Thanks for the recommendation, Josh. We'll move on now then to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film or perhaps anything that we would change. So, Josh, sadly. You said that this list is probably going to be longer than your likes list, which is well, always sad to hear. But yeah, there we are. Yeah. <laughs> Go on then. Lay it on me. Um, I think the main issue is probably around the script and the general sort of execution of the film. I think for me, it depends on how you want to look at that because I think they're try. I think they're going for something in this. I think they're going for big and stupid and campy action, mm-hmm. and I think in places. Whether it's the time it came out, whether it's the the, the rewrites, because there was rewrites on this, which I believe are, are what a lot of people point the finger at in terms of the script. Uh, I think what is meant to be big, dumb camp fun is coming across as, as hammy and bad. Okay. In places. So a lot of daft puns and a lot of like, you know, silly little jokes and character traits that think don't come come um, come from anywhere. But I think, it, I think it depends how you look at it. So it is very campy. It is very... F- punny and it is 
I think it's also one of the main issues. So there's that issue. And that is not even a dislike. That's my that's my theory on like what people don't like about it. So I, I go at it like the same way I, I go at look at Batman and Robin, which is mm. they definitely went for something and it didn't land. Not that it's bad. It's mm-hmm. that it's that I think I almost think they misread the room. Mm-hmm. I went, this is what everyone wants, and everyone went, Jesus, we don't want that. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that has happened. It'll happen again. It's happened before, mm-hmm. and and all that stuff. There is issues in it with I think that they, I think they they try and address things like like racism and sexism, mm-hmm. and I don't think that particularly lands lands because I think they try and deal with it with with humor and then undermine their own point a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. particularly around. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Racism and, you know, ableism as well, because you have got the, you know, the two villains are two disabled characters, aren't they? And yeah. it's a bit, it's a bit old school bond. It's a bit, you know, the bad guy yes. is the person with the physical defect and uh-huh. doesn't look like you sort of thing. So I do feel, you know, that is, that is a you know that is a bit of a crime on the part of the film, mm-hmm. it, you know, and then and then constantly making jokes about the fact that Kenneth Branagh has no legs and mm-hmm. and 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 stuff like that. So, I what I'm not sure about is is it trying to is it trying to own it? Is that the script trying to own those issues, and it doesn't quite land, or is it just ignorant? And that's what I can't make up my mind up. Equally, female representation isn't great. There's one mm-hmm. strong female character in it, and she is pretty much there 
to be leered at by all the male characters, protagonist mm -hmm. and antagonist, to the point where Selma Hayek, who plays the character, has come out and said, I just, you know, she hated the film. She mm -hmm. wasn't used, she was underused in it. She is underused in it. Although I will, what I will say is, she does get the better of every single male character that she comes across. Yes, yes, so she does. You know, that's one small defense, but it doesn't mm -hmm. really make up for the fact that she's, she's just leered at for the whole film. So I don't know, I mean, so before that, I think it's mainly the script. And I just think it's it's a question of whether or not they were going for something that didn't land or it was sort of mutilated by test screenings and producers and the director wanted to be one. Because I believe the the writers who are credited with it will not work with a major studio anymore. Oh, I mean, wow. that's oh, a bit gosh. like saying, no, I, I'm splitting up with you. Like... <laughs> Yeah, well, if, like, you know, if yeah. you're gonna well, be... we made the decision yeah. to no longer take huge amounts of funding. Ultimately, from we distance ourselves studios. from a billion-dollar company, and we won't <laughs> we won't work with them again. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if there's an element of that. But so if, uh, before you talk about what you dislike, I'm interested. Is that do you think this is poorly written, or do you think it's coming? It's going for something and not and not quite executing it. I just I wonder if it's a case of context and. The idea, like I was saying before, how it sort of feels a little bit muddled in who its target audience is. And then I suppose you could also argue that it feels a bit muddled in what it is trying to achieve and the vibes that it's trying to give mm. off. Because some of the, you know, the sillier kind of cheesier dialogue or whatever, some of it works when it's happening between two characters. But it's like then they try and continue those sorts of jokes with, say, the women who yeah. are oppressed in this. You know, I think <laughs> Selma Hayek's character at one point is literally kidnapped and put into a cage. And then you've got, like you say, the differently abled people happen to be the villains as well, yeah. which is obviously just leaning hard into that stereotype that we and had for so long. Basically constantly mocking them as well. Yeah, and that's not, like, it's just distasteful, isn't it? And yeah. the problem is because for a great chunk of the film, Will Smith's character, Jim, feels really likable to me. Mm. So then when he does stuff like that, it's a bit like, oh. Because, you know, yeah. when, we watch, when we watch Runaway Train, it's like the two leads in that are just unlikable. Like, yes. you have no redeeming qualities. You are just shitty people, but you know yeah. you are I convicts. I don't care you are, if you succeed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, they are convicts. They are criminals. We've seen the sort of hard life that they've had. So, you know, it's like we get it. But then Will Smith and then Artemis's character as well, they sort of, they're not as clear cut. It's like, oh, you're quite charming and smooth mm. and cool and I want to be like you and, you know, you seem great sort of thing. And then you go and say shit like that and it's like, yeah. it's, it's just kind of a bit, well, which is it sort of thing? Do you want us to root for this guy or don't you? But my observation of it and my analysis of it is a little bit that it is a product of its time because that yeah. sort of thing and that sort of language just wasn't out of place in no, 1999. No, that's, a fair, that's a fair point. I don't think. But I'm not sure. I think essentially Josh is what I'm trying to say to no, the question. It's, it's I think hard it's a, to quantify, I, I, I think. I think it's a perspective thing. I do. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, what, like we talked about this before, but between sort of like 1998 and about 2007, what happened? Because like yeah. films went <laughs> a bit... It's well, we, we talked about this before, that, that we've done 40, you know, 40 Days and 49s and other films of that ilk. And they were less progressive than Gentlemen Prefer Blonde. Yes. Which is now 70 years old. Mm -hmm. And it's I like, think... what happened? And I mean, it's usually that things are a reaction to what's going on in the world, isn't it? So if you think about, yeah. I don't know, late 90s, come up to the millennium. You've had, 
you've had all the things you've had and all the the sort of austerity of the 80s and early 90s maybe it's a maybe it's a touch of that or maybe it just happened i th- i think some of it is is films maybe trying to be edgy maybe sort of re-evaluating who your audience is. So it's like, because obviously back in the day, going to the cinema would have been the only way to see films and that's very expensive. But then it became much more affordable. You've got a lot of young people now going to the cinema, you know, young teenagers going with their friends on the weekend. So it's like, right, well, we need to make films for them now. And then they're trying to be edgy, but without being smart. So then it's like, oh, in 40 Days and 40 Nights, which I do think is a good example of this, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll have the woman rape the man because, you know, you never see that. Yeah, and isn't that edgy and, you know, female empowerment and all this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, that's that's not what we wanted. That's not what we wanted. You can have female empowerment. I think the the problem was as well, as, as women became more prominent in cinema and female characters were more thoroughly explored, because obviously a lot of the time you had men writing them. It was just like, right, well, what do I think would be an edgy, cool, crazy thing for a woman to do? And it's just like, nah, that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> just women everywhere going, that, that isn't it, actually. No, that's yeah, not it. That's I not don't it. like this. This is making me uncomfortable <laughs> and I hate it. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, I think that's probably a really good point because it, it's definitely the script. The script is definitely the issue for me because the action scenes work when there's no dialogue. So, you know, what what does that tell you? So other than the script, then, we've talked about that. Is there anything else you really didn't like or has that pretty much covered it? So, I mean, yeah, you've, you've covered a lot of it there, to be honest. Um, so the main thing is, is to do with Selma Hayek's character, which she is almost treated... She's sort of treated and spoken about as if she has no agency and that she is just this prize for the male characters to, at best, try and win or, at worst, just take whenever they want. The film does redeem itself a little bit at the end when it turns out that actually she's married and she won't be going off with any of the main characters. And then it sort of retroactively gives her more power over the situation. But I did think the way that German Artemis spoke about her or to her at times was just a little bit much, and I, and I could have mm. done without that. And like I said, because because they're such likable guys, you just think a bit, oh, it's like, oh, that's a bit shitty that you've, that you've said or you've done that sort mm. of thing. Um, a lot of the stuff around the representation of um, Kenneth Branagh's character and all that, you know, the <laughs> villain mad. being it the is, guy in the wheelchair. It is that's mad, that the way yeah, they treat his character. That's, that's definitely in there as well. Um, I thought quite a few of the performances from the side characters were pretty weak as well. And I've spoken before about how I love it when, side characters not only give a good performance but they also feel really developed for the short amount of time that they're on screen but we didn't really get that for any of this and some of the performances from the side characters just felt bad and it stands out even more because you've got Will and Kevin and Selma all doing a pretty good job and then just finally there's a sequence towards the end of the film where Jim is dressed as a woman and walks in to distract uh, Loveless so the villain at a very crucial moment you know they're just about to shoot Artemis And this whole thing was just too much for me. It was too Tom and Jerry. Like I mentioned before, (laughs) I did enjoy many of the cartoony qualities of the film, but that just tipped it over the edge for me. And instead of it being fun and enjoyable, it just became a bit too silly and it lost me a bit there. And again, I think it would have been more suited if the film was more heavily and clearly aimed at children. But because of the sexual and the violent nature of many of the scenes of the film, it doesn't really feel like a kid's film a lot Mm. of the time. So then to have those cartoony elements, it would be like if in Ace Ventura, when nature calls, he just started like murdering people. 
Like mm. it would be a bit like, oh, oh dear. Because, you yeah. know, you've, you've set the film up to be one thing and then every now and then something that flies in the face of that happens. So it's just, and I'm not saying, you know, you can't have, obviously you can have various things happening in your films or whatever, but I guess you just want to know, you want to be, get yourself in the right mindset. Like if I'm yeah. watch, I can watch a kid's film and I flip in love Ewoks Battle for Endor and I know what I'm getting, right? So you get yourself in the right mindset to watch that. But then with this, it was a bit like, oh, it's an adult, sexy, violent cowboy film. It's like, oh no, it's a kid's film yeah. where the characters do silly things and, and do lots of, you know, silly uh, disguises and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? I think it reeks of, of multiple input. I think it reeks yeah, of reshoots problem, and it? rewrites. Mm. and uh, you know they've either started with one thing and they've ended up with the other thing whether that be that they started off with a slightly more adult action film and ended up with something with more jokes for the kids or vice versa mm. it doesn't really matter but i think there's definitely a so for example one of the things i read is that the fights at the end between will smith and loveless's you know henchmen mm. uh who are also disabled um <laughs> was added in because the fight scene was originally with loveless's hench women Mm. who are all just i mean they are like austin powers levels of parody you know the, the women yeah. that he has the, the way that he, he, he the um they run this big spider and all speak with monotone sort of european accents and stuff it's literally yeah, like yeah. it's like austin powers except not not a parody but then mm-hmm. is it not a parody i can't tell but i i don't think it is i think that's mm-hmm. a hit i think that's a swing and a miss on that but apparently anyway that those fight scenes were put in at the end because everyone said oh it's just weird that he beats up a, he beats up the female characters right okay. so that you know that would be an example but then the fact that they turn around and went, well let's make him fight three people who are all sort of mutilated in one way or the other because they're not you know we're talking about uh, yeah yes they're differently able but they're not in differently able in a realistic way like kenneth Branagh mm-hmm. is they are clearly made up to look like weird comic booky mm-hmm. villains so that's not a family film is it mm um because they look like the guys that he runs into in bloody judge dread you know or, or, or whatever so i don't know i think i think for me i think where we could probably finish this with the dislikes is there's definitely some meddling going on in there hmm. i think i think you yeah you raise a very good point this doesn't feel like a complete or whole vision and mm. feels like several people have gone what about this what about that mm. what about these people in the audience mm. etc and we know how much that can devastate a film Right then, so we'll move on now to talking about the critical reception. And as Josh has already <laughs> said, he thinks this film might be underrated. And yes. as as was news to me, it is considered a very heavy, if not maybe one of the biggest flops of all time. Indeed. So, hmm, are we talking like Speed 2, number 23, levels of bad? <sighs> which, we? if we remember rightly, were around like 6% and 8%, like bad, 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 bad. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? I'm gonna. I am gonna go low with this. Can't go low. Let's than say. One. Let's say. <laughs> let's say that it got. Let's say that it got. I'll say this will be the lowest I've ever ever guessed oh because God. of what it's just based on what you what you've said and definitely not my own opinion. Mm. I think I'll, my guess for this is that it got a nineteen percent or like a one point nine. What would I give it? I mean, way more than that, man. Like maybe a six. So I, yeah, so like, I, I've gone probably for, a six. I've, I've gone for this as a five out of ten film. Okay, yeah. Like it's a, it's just, it, it's a switch your brain off 
silly blockbuster. That's, it's what, pretty I, that's fun. what I've said. It is fun. So let's have a look then. So over on IMDb, okay. at the time of recording, it gets 4.9 out of 10. Oh, is this it? Okay. It doesn't get much better than that, Alice. Um, no, I didn't think so it would. The, Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it 28%. Uh-huh. But the critics on Rotten Tomatoes give it 16%. Ugh. So that averages out at three, 31% or just oh. over 3 out of 10. So well, for was, me... I was very harsh there with my guess yeah. there, wasn't well, I? 1.9. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you. What? That, that's actually you. Owe, yeah. So you were three percent off on the Rotten Tomatoes, but mm. I did set it up like this was going to be unbelievable. Yeah. Like we're talking, you know, we're like under ten percent sort of thing. So for me, look, it's not a three out of ten film. Mm-hmm. It's 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 flawed. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fun if you switch your brain off. I don't think it's three out of ten bad. I think it's just you know, it's it's five out of ten. That's what it is. I think it's a middling. Mm-hmm. Floor blockbuster that's a bit of a product of his time, but I don't think it's offensively bad. What say you? I definitely, I definitely think that's underrated. I really do. Like you say, it is problematic in areas, but to to about the same level as many, many other films mm. of that time. And there is a lot to like in there in terms of filmmaking and in terms of like design and stuff and the aesthetic. A lot of effort has gone into it and a lot of attention to detail has. But I think, like you said, it's probably suffered from a lot of meddling along the way. And then the end product just isn't what you would hope it to be. But I think with those scores, I definitely think that Wild Wild West is underrated. So there we go. Starting big for 2024. We've gone with a big swing. Wild Wild West is underrated. Alice, your first pick of 2024. This... uh, it's going to be a big one. Pressure's on. I know. I don't think I can beat World War West. <laughs> I'll just put that on the table Can't right pick now. speed two again. Um, oh, so shit. Con- right, give conti- me a minute. Let me continue. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing with our sort of switch your brain off January, as we've said before, mm-hmm. what are we going to be watching and talking about next week? Okay, so we are going to be watching and talking about 101 Dalmatians, the live action version. Right, the Jeff Daniels one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> 101 Dalmatians, the, the live action one, not mm. the cartoon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting. Interesting. Uh, well, join us next week. We're going to be talking about 101 Dalmatians, which probably should have said the Glenn Close version more than Jeff Daniels. <laughs> well, you, said, you said Jeff Daniels. Like, I was like, <laughs> you huh? know, it's the, the Jolie Richardson version. Is it the is it the, the, the Hugh Laurie and Mark Williams version? Alice, is it the... <laughs> I love Jeff Daniels though. But yeah. yeah no, Bill Pullman, he, he, same guy. It's the same guy. <laughs> uh, join us next week. We're, we're going to be talking about 101 Dalmatians. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com or on all the social medias. If you just search for Just Films and That on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, you'll find us. Give us a follow, drop us a DM if you want to suggest any films. Patreon's in the link below. And we are also on the television, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday from 6pm you can find us talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films on the local TV network. And what that means is that if you live in Birmingham or Bristol or Leeds or Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. I'm also uploading all the videos to Daily Motion. So if you slide on over there and type in just films and that, you'll be able to see exactly what it is we're up to. 
yes, lots of ways to see us, hear us. And uh, as ever, thank you very much for listening. Happy New Year. We'll see you next week. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Bye.